Hello, my friends. Welcome once again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. We call it the DDP for short. It's the 14th day of December. We're over halfway to Christmas here in the December month of the calendar, and I'm praying that uh, you are at peace and that you are at rest. Let's continue our journey with Abraham and this amazing story in chapter 16 of the book of Genesis about Hagar. Yesterday, we introduced Hagar simply as the Egyptian slave girl. This is in connection to the fact that Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And then we get introduced to Hagar. And if you just read Genesis 16:1, it's a very odd way to introduce Hagar. But because you know what's coming, you realize that the reason it puts Sarai's barrenness and Egyptian maid Hagar in the same verse or a back-to-back sentences is because the scripture is being prescient. It's showing you that a natural, earthly, worldly, fleshly solution to the barren problem is the young Egyptian slave girl, Hagar. In a very fleshly, very physical, very biological sense, you have old Sarah whose womb is shut up, and you have young Hagar who has probably never born a child, who has years of childbearing in front of her, and the the scripture is setting up that comparison so that you get to verse 2 Sarah says to Abram see now the Lord has restra- has restrained me from bearing children please go into my maid perhaps I shall obtain children by her and Abram heeded the voice of Sarah we got a lot of issues in this verse and I'm not trying to do these stories verse by verse but sometimes within the story verses are so rich so full of stuff to talk about that I don't want to skip them so this is one of those verses because there's a couple of problems. Problem number one is that Sarai's view of the covenant God is to restrain her. She says, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Who told her that? Who told? Did she have a revelation in the night that God said, I'm not going to let you have any kids? In fact, what we just heard in Genesis 15 was that Abraham was going to have all kinds of kids. And Abraham has one wife, and it's in the nature of God to honor covenant. So the covenant is that he's going to have a lot of children, and he's in a covenant relationship with Sarah. So to say the Lord has restrained me is Sarah's way of saying, this is God's fault. This is my lot in life because God chose for it to be that way. I still hear people say stuff like that, and I think we're, we're... I think we're misunderstanding what God, who God is. I'm not here to play apologetics for God or to defend God, but I, I wouldn't sit here and let you talk bad about my earthly father. And so to me, there's a lot of things maybe we should take a stand for in regards to the things people say about God, because I don't believe God's giving you cancer. I don't believe God's breaking your leg. I don't believe God planted a tumor in your brain. I don't believe God moved on your boss to fire you or caused the IRS to audit you. Things happen in life. There, There is the bottom of the mountain. There is that valley you come down off of. But the covenant we are in with Christ is the equipment we need when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't lead us into the valley of the shadow of death, but he doesn't abandon us to our own devices there either. 
If we go in, he goes in. If the cancer hits us, it hits him. If the tumor hits us, it hits him. If we get fired, he gets fired. He's where you are. And it's his responsibility to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. It's not his responsibility to keep you out of valleys, keep you out of problems, keep you out of struggles. It is his responsibility to stay in the fire with you. You go in the fiery furnace, he meets you in the fiery furnace. That's the deal. That's what God told Abraham at the top of the mountain, is that I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to take you to the grave in peace at a good old age. I'm going to bring your fourth generation up out of slavery. He doesn't say he's going to make them slaves. But life is going to get them because life gets us. But God doesn't leave us where life gets us. And he walks us out. And so I don't want to be too harsh on Sarah, but I think Sarah is indicative of how a lot of us treat whatever's wrong. We say God did it. God's doing it. And I don't think it's the case. In any case, however we feel about it, we have another problem. Before I get to that other problem, it's sandwiched around a statement that sounds a little different in the Hebrew than it does in the English. Genesis 16, 2. See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. The word children is not in the Hebrew right there. The Lord has restrained me from bearing. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And the word used there for obtain is actually the phrase to be built up. Uh, Maybe I can be built up by her. And the word in the Hebrew transliterates to sound like the word children in the English. And so what we've assumed is that English translators may have taken this and said, I shall obtain children by her when it's actually, I shall be built up from her. And so we don't, I don't want to accuse Sarah of thinking that the child Hagar has is hers because we don't ever see that. Not really. Hagar's child, Ishmael, belongs to Hagar. Sarah knows that. But there's some instance in this in which she thinks that Abram going into Hagar is somehow going to bless her. All I can do is speculate that maybe she thought that by giving her husband away to someone else, it would please God that she was so selfless, that she was so willing to acquiesce to his needs that God would somehow open her womb. All it really does is cause chaos because that's what happens when you introduce other people into the intimate bed of covenant is it causes chaos. There's no success that flows out of it. There's just pain and problems and that's what's going to happen. But here's the final thought today. This is the problem at the end of verse 2. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. And this is something he shouldn't have done. Because Sarah was not at the top of the mountain in Genesis 15. Sarah didn't see the furnace and the lamp pass between the pieces. Sarah wasn't put into a deep sleep and had the presence of God speak to her about promises and about life and about seed and about generations. Abram did. And Abram should heed only the voice of of his revelation. And I want to encourage you today. You're going to have a lot of voices coming at you. The voice you should pay attention to is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And don't heed that which opposes what the Holy Spirit has told you to be true. 
You don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to cut them down, shut them down, but you don't have to feed on it. Someone wants to speak into your life or speak over your life. Listen to the Spirit first. Abram gets into the same problem that Adam did because he heeded the voice when he should have listened to what God had said to him. This isn't a male-female thing, but it is a covenantal thing. Know who you're in covenant with first, and that's Christ. Listen to his voice above all others. As you can tell, there's a lot to say. More to say. We'll do it tomorrow. See you then. Have a great day. God bless.